1: Listening to Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now, here are your hosts, Russ, k 5 ux Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD.
2: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 423 of Linux in the Ham Shack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And this is our short topics edition. So, thank you for being here and we welcome you in. And before we get rolling on our topics tonight, we will introduce ourselves. I'm Russ K5TUX.
0: I'm Cheryl W5MOO.
2: And I'm Bill NE4RD. All right. So, we're all here tonight. The gang's all here. Yay. And uh, we do actually have a lead topic tonight because coming up in a couple of weeks, if you're listening to this when it comes out, We have yet another QSO Today Virtual Ham Expo. We didn't think uh, Eric was going to try and pull this one off, but he is. (laughs) So, yes, there's another Virtual Ham Expo. And Bill wants to tell you all about what's going to happen at the Virtual Ham Expo, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to have a booth. Yay!
2: (laughs) (laughs) He asked me about it a couple of days ago, too. He's like, do you want a booth? They're like, "Um, Uh, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: too much too much uh too much sitting around waiting for stuff to happen and stuff like that so um yeah, yeah we're gonna to do a presentation instead that seems to have a lot of traction uh probably more so than anything else so we'll probably just have um uh we did it entitled to talk free and free open source software for your ham shack gee that sounds a lot like linux in the ham shack but hey whatever um so yeah we'll talk about uh talk about free software that you can put on your ham shack computer and uh We'll talk about the podcast, and it'll probably just be pretty free-form like uh, the previous ones have been. And we hope you'll join us in your busy schedule of presentations that are going to be available during the uh, during the uh, QSO Today Virtual Ham Expo. Yes, I don't know what time like, or day or anything yet. We just uh, we know we're on the list.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're on the list. And it looks like there are going to be a ton of talks. So there will be plenty of content, regardless of what you're interested in. And we're just gonna talk about free and open source and ourselves and just have a good time, which is what we normally do. We're just gonna do it on a different platform. So we hope you'll join us there as you join us here.
3: So Yeah, and he's he's gone back to the VFairs platform, so that'll be at least a, a positive. I'm not sure what the presentations are going to be like. I'm assuming they'll probably just use uh, Zoom like they did uh, the last time they had VFairs for the Q&As, and ours will just be a Zoom call. So um, I'm just assuming that's what we're going to be using. So
2: be prepared. Probably a safe assumption, and it's not like everybody doesn't have Zoom at this point because that's how they got through the last 18 months. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. All right, very good. And that, by the way, again, is on August 14th and 15th, so coming up very soon and we'll hopefully we'll see you at the qso today virtual ham expo and with that being said we can move on from our lead topic to our amateur radio topics which we always start with and uh i didn't read through any of these so i'm just gonna let bill hit the first one while i read through the second one
3: Yeah, there you go. That sounds appropriate. Uh, Yeah, this one, uh, I was looking for ham radio news, and I I just gave up, (laughs) and I uh, started just looking for amateur radio news inside of DuckDuckGo and Google News Engines, and lo and behold, I found a story here that I hadn't quite seen uh, surface anywhere else, so we'll go ahead and mention it ham radios to aid in cyclone relief in the Sunderbonds. I have no idea where that's at, but I'm assuming that you can look that up.
2: <laughs> uh, Cheryl, Cheryl's probably doing that right now, and she'll tell us exactly where the Sunderbonds are here in a minute.
3: Yes, yes.
2: Uh, so in the last week of May, hours before Cyclone Yas made
3: landfall in northern coastal Odisha and battered coastal West Bengal, uh, we're, we're getting the, the geography here, Amber-ish, uh Nag. Was, sorry about the names. Uh, Secretary of the West Bengal uh, Radio Club, Amateur Radio Club, uh, got a call from senior bureaucrat about deployment of some ham radio operatives in Purba. I shouldn't have put the story here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you just needed to drink a little bit more before you started. Med- that
3: Mendinipur district, uh, where the maximum damage was expected. Mr. Biswa said uh, it was difficult for the operators who had already positioned themselves in different areas to move to uh, purba Uh Communication turns out to be a major challenge during the cyclones and particularly in Sundarbans with more than 50 inhabited islands located in remote areas, some of them at the mouth of the Bay of Bengal. Uh, they remain cut off for days, often for days, and the state had the uh, past three years faced. Yeah, the state had in the past three years faced four tropical cyclones: uh, Fanny in May 2019, Bulbul, uh in November 2019, Amphan May 2020, and Yaz May 2021. and all occasions, the administration had to wait for connection to be restored to assess damage and send relief. A few. Months after Yas, Mr. Nag got a call from the district administrator of the South 24 Parganas uh, to train local youths, uh, Utes, we got Utes again, uh, from the Sunderbunds in operating ham radio sets. This was to augment the community based disaster preparedness of the region. Uh, in quotes, to establish a dedicated wireless communication system at vulnerable areas under the South 24 Parag- Parag- Parganas <laughs> district during different disasters, you are requested to train following civil defense volunteers for smooth and effective conduct of the above system. Read the letter dated July 13th by Office of the Controller of the Civil Defense South 24 Parganas, addressed to Mr. Nagbiswaz. Uh, Accordingly, a training of 60 uh, volunteers, uh, mostly residing in the Sunderbonds, had started earlier this month. And the story came to us from The Hindu. So there you go (laughs) (laughs) emergency preparedness and uh, communications across the globe.
0: And Bill got to mangle it all on his own, too, instead of letting Cheryl do that. (laughs)
3: <laughs> it seemed like a good one to make you do, right? Yeah, that's usually the one I get.
0: So anyway, the Sundarbans is a mangrove area in the delta formed by the confluence of the Ganges, uh, Brahmapurta, or something like that, and mega rivers in the Bay of Bengal. It's governed by India under Bangladesh. So, uh-huh.
3: So there you go. So there you go that would make sense since the news thing with the hindu yeah
2: (laughs) yeah how about that (laughs) all right so since since your mic is on you want to read a story about missouri oh she turned her mic off (laughs) (laughs) you guys
0: always cry because i make so much noise and then you're like no you're fine I, i
2: just just don't be clicking on the keyboard while you're reading that's all you gotta do all
0: right whatever
2: or your mouse, because so, I can actually hear your mouse clicks too. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, I kind of have to use the mouse to do something. Here, so, all right. So, the next story is Missouri First Capital Bicentennial Amateur Radio Operation. So, as in association with the August 2021 celebration of the Missouri State Bicentennial, which is Missouri2021.org, there will be a first ever amateur radio activation. Missouri's first capital state historic site on August 10th. For more information on Amateur Ham Radio, the ARRL... um,
3: Oh, yeah, you
0: don't need... Yeah, I don't don't need that. Thanks. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The original building served as Missouri's capital from 1821 to 1826 and is located on the west bank of the Missouri River, uh, the site is part of the St. Charles Historic District in the city's riverfront neighborhood, and is adjacent to River, or excuse me, Frontier Park, where Lewis and Clark launched their Corps of Discovery expedition in August 1803. Uh, the address for the first capital is 200 South Main Street in St. Charles, Missouri, which is a suburb of St. Louis. Uh, an amateur radio station operated by the St. Charles Amateur Radio Club (SCARC). Uh, using the call sign K0B, will be active on the First Capital site on August 10th. Uh, Schedule operation will be announced as the date gets closer. First Capital site also qualifies for our National Parks on the Air program with the identifier K3349. Additional POTA-style activations from both the First Capital site and from adjacent Frontier Park are possible on other dates, depending on weather and operator availability. While in operation, an operator will be available to answer questions. And this information came from the St. Louis Post Dispatch.
2: All right, very Check good. Check that out. <laughs> yeah, if you if you listen to the Weekender, which aired just before this episode, you already heard about this because it was one of the AWR events that I read. So,
3: <laughs> oh, there you go. So well, there you go. Double, so, double duty. We we uh, you know using this as news as well. So it's so important. <laughs> it,
2: it's it's newsy. It's a, it's about the state we live in. Well. Me and Cheryl, anyway.
3: Yeah, <laughs> so maybe we'll have a Capitals on the Air program come up soon, right? CODA. We'll have some CODA.
0: CODA, yeah. yeah. CODA.
3: How many ODAs will there be? So many. <laughs> many There odas. are already many, yes. So many IOTAs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that's one, too. Never mind.
2: Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. IOTA, BOTA, CODA, DOTA, IOTA.
3: <laughs> they have MODA, too. MODA. Yeah, and mind the best one, IOTA. <laughs>
2: Yoda, Ute's on the air. Ute's on the air, and also a small green thing. Um, all right, so let's move on from amateur radio topics into open source, and I put a couple of things in here. Um, but it was it was kind of a slow open source news week or something. <laughs> so, anyway, bear with me this uh this next couple of stories. The the next one, whoever reads it, probably Bill uh, is is written <laughs> from a. Uh, first-person perspective so he'll just have to kind of go with that so okay
3: we'll, we'll go and shoot for it here yeah likely no no no. no
2: i'm gonna oh. i'm gonna read this oh one. you're gonna do I'm saying the, oh, okay. the next one isn't oh you're giving me the harder one okay gonna, yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> so the first one is likely half of python's package index has vulnerabilities Ooh, lovely in a research paper distributed via archive zhuka Ruonen, kala yurpe and kala rindell from the University of Turku, I guess that's Finland or Norway or something. Describe how they subjected some 197,000 Python packages available through PyPy to a stat- that's PyPI, PyPI, to a static analysis tool called Bandit and found more than 749,000 instances of at best poor or at worst insecure programming. Of the issues identified, most are low severity. About 227,000 are moderate severity, present in about 25% of the PyPy packages. About 80,000 are high severity, present in about 11% of the PyPy packages. App Engine SDK, an unofficial package of Google's Python development kit for its App Engine Cloud service, exhibited more serious problems. Among the 2,356 issues detected, wow, that's a lot of issues. <laughs> 395 refer to generic, known, risky issues, 351 are injection-related, 500 have to do with potential cross-site scripting, and 7 involve potentially insecure network protocols. Modern software tends to rely on open-source libraries written by third parties who in turn have incorporated other libraries as dependencies into their projects. Meanwhile, malware creators have recognized how much software gets trusted by default because there's no practical way to check dozens of packages and many levels of dependencies and have stepped up efforts to subvert the system. (laughs) Dun dun dun! <laughs> that came from the Register over in the UK, and it's a much longer article. So a link to it has been put in the show notes. And if you want to find out more about all the insecurities in Python, you can go check that out. Finland. Finland. Okay, I was I was right. Well, sort of. I I picked two, and Finland was one of them. So. <laughs> All right, very good. So now Bill can read the next one. I think it's an easy read. It's just yes. It's it's not Bill speaking. So
3: yes. So (laughs) I I tried to clarify that here at the beginning too. So this is a story called uh, or titled uh, "Novena: A Laptop with No Secrets." And of course, it is written in the first person. So the "we" that that is being used in the article is actually the authors, uh, Andrew Huang and Sean Cross, uh, who are self-employed American computer scientists. Living in Singapore. So here we go. Uh, We started by considering the constraints of the most complex and brittle pieces of of any such system, the software. We wanted to build a complete computer, one with a long-term support roadmap, and we had neither the resources nor the manpower to negotiate with the vendors of the proprietary hardware and software. We wanted to be able to inspect and understand as much of the system and its components as we could. So if we came across bugs or other anomalous behavior, we could rely on our own wits to figure it out rather than on profit-motivated and often empty promises of a vendor's sales team. As a result, we decided to produce a laptop that was free as possible of closed-source embedded firmware. Uh, This open-source requirement of ours ended up influencing the selection of almost every piece of hardware, including the main CPU, the battery controller, and the Wi-Fi module. As software evolved, the hardware evolved with it. The most extraordinary step we took was to include a field programmable, uh, programmable gate array, an FPGA, a uh, type of processor chip that can be reconfigured by its user to change the chip's specs and capabilities. Uh, basically, this reconfigurability allows the chip to do things in hardware that would otherwise have to be done in software. Uh, Because we developed the project on a shoestring budget and with no solid requirement other than to build the laptop we ourselves (laughs) would want to use, uh, the laptop evolved organically. Instead of designing circuits into motherboard-specific to a particular battery or LCD, typical for most consumer laptops, we modularized the system. We linked subsystems using generic connectors with pinouts that were merely educated guesses as to what the users would end up hooking into those pins. As a result, the final incarnation of the laptop includes a specialized adapter boards for the battery pack, LCD, and front bezel arrangement. Uh, That's the frame for the display. The good thing about this modularity is that that users can adapt the system to meet their own needs. We're delighted to have received reports of users changing out LCDs and building custom battery packs, and users can add the keyboard of their choice. We don't include one. And this, of course, came from the IEEE, and this is talking about a modular computer called Novena, I'm thinking.
0: <laughs> yes,
2: and that, that story is way longer. That, that was cut, cut way, way, way down. So if you want to read all the details about the Novena laptop, feel free to check out the link that will be
3: in the show notes. And it's an ARM-based laptop. Uh, using a freescale im6 mx6 system on a chip just so you know but yeah check out the
2: check out the show notes and uh, the link and you can find out all about it yeah they they mentioned the fact that they couldn't use intel architecture because of its proprietariness so that's why they went with arm yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right uh, well, uh, since, since this next one is a cut and paste thing, I moved them down into the Linux and the ham shack segment just because these involve open source and computers and ham radio often uses computers and we just didn't have any topics. So, <laughs> and then of course, Bill found one. So <laughs> yeah, I did find one next year. So all right. So you, you do this one since uh, it's a bunch of cut and paste bullet points and I'm not dealing with that. And I'll, uh, well, of course, the next one is too sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you can wing the next one. I, I'll though. wing the next one, yeah. All right. <laughs>
3: yeah, so uh, this is, uh, I, I wrote here, uh, releases that make you go, hmm. And so we have two releases from hmm. free desktop. I'm sorry, so, are you waiting yeah. for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two releases from free desktop. Um, one is Pipewire 0.3.32. Uh, that was just released here. It's a bug fix release uh, that the API and ABI compatible with previous 0.3.x releases uh, highlights here that they uh, addressed was the real-time priority handling for threads that was reworked. Freewheeling will now uh, drop RT priorities to avoid being killed. Uh, problems with filter chains and echo cancel being linked in a loop was fixed. Uh, ALSA mixer should be able to uh, see the mixer controls again. That's, that's a positive. Uh, Jack had seen some latency reporting improvements that made our door uh, report latencies correctly. So, yeah, it looks like they had a lot of bug fixes and stuff like that uh, with PipeWire, and you already know our story with PipeWire here.
2: <laughs> it's it, it <laughs> <a>, no working. <laughs>
3: yeah, I had an unsuccessful launch, for me at least. It worked for a little bit, then it got janky. So, uh, But also, along with this release, they released a new version of Pulse Audio, the Pulse Audio 15, which... Kind of made me go, what, what are we focusing on here? <laughs> I guess I guess we're focusing on both because uh, Pulse Audio 15 included a ton of changes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so now they have support for LDAC and AP, uh, APTX uh, Bluetooth codecs plus the SBCXQ, the higher quality parameters, uh, support for HFP p bluetooth profile support for bluetooth a2 dp AVRCP blah 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 absolute volume <laughs> module virtual surround sync uh, was rewritten completely uh more options for the module jack d bus detect uh, so that should get better interoperability between pulse audio and jack even though i think you should be using um uh, you know pipe wire but whatever <laughs> <laughs> more uh let's see improved hardware support for uh, steel series Arctis uh, 9, uh max latency at msec argument is uh, added to the module null source. Yeah, lots of stuff. Improvements to the free BSD support, Windows support added to meson and uh, additional commands for pactl, or pa, you yeah, pa control, pactl. Uh card profiles can be set to sticky. Uh that should be nice. Uh and more, lots more, lots 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 more. So, uh, yeah, check out both of those releases and, um, yeah, I'm not sure where, uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the, the, the timeline is on moving away from pulse audio <laughs> being sort of standalone and then pipewire sort of being everything, but
2: whatever. I digress. Well, did, didn't we <laughs> say that about also also was the standalone and then pulse audio is supposed to be the everything. So,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like deja vu,
2: but, uh, All I guess over we'll see. Again.
3: Yep. Yep. Uh, we'll see
2: <laughs> all right well uh so the next story bill chucked in here at the last second was about wf view which is a project we talked about a little bit ago it's a iCom based uh pan adapter more or less uh remote rig view application apparently version 1.1 has been released Roland, Roy, Royland. I, I know it's not quite Roland. It's like Roy, Royland, Royland, something like that. Janssen, PA3MET announced on the Linux Hand mailing list that version 1.1 had been released. The following highlights are in this dot release. More testing is needed, but support has been added for the IC7700, 718, and 7100. Ooh, I have one of those. Yeah. Fixes and improvements to audio quality. Ability to choose between RT Audio and QT Multimedia as as a compile time option. Fixes and lots of improvement at the USB server end. Waterfall length can now be adjusted. There's no need to restart to change the CIV address. Seamless changing rigs without restart. That's nice. Started support for older rigs like 718 and apparently 7100, which is not super old, but it's not one of those new fancy digital rigs. Let's see. WF display disappears when there is no WF capable rig. Okay. That makes sense. The IC, <laughs> they could just put up a big waterfall. It says, no, no not going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> uh, ICR 8600 support has been improved for older rigs added a polling timing box to keep stuff keeping, uh, keep stuff keeping smooth. <laughs> okay. Sure. <laughs> Uh, local AF gain now has anti-log audio pot taper, and you can select a second meter in the UI and lots of bug fixes. I put lots Ooh-hoo. of in there. Um, <laughs> it, it just says bug fixes, but I'm going to assume there were lots of them. Sure. There's, there's definitely more than one. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> and this came from, well, it came from Royland the A3MET, but it was announced on the Linux ham mailing list or at least that's where Bill found it. So there you go. New stuff for WFU, and that means I can probably actually do something with it with my 7100 now. So I'm going to give it yet another shot. So that actually sort of rather quickly takes us down through our topics to the bottom of the show. And uh, considering 20 minutes ago, this show was a lot shorter, <laughs> you got uh, you got some more content. But we're not quite done yet because we got to bring Cheryl back in here now so she can do the social media roundup.
0: everybody say woo 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 (laughs) woo 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 something like that so for our patreons this time we have david slaughter jim lawson patrick ang douglas shock eric guth brandon rosak john spriggs robert lewis robert pitts douglas rudder david jagway darren king cubicle nate erno costala samuel vimes peter caffrey richard gordon Paul Griffith, Jonas Rulo, Donald Gever, Herb Garcia, Steve Saner, Steve Metcalf, William Heckelman, Randolph Smith, and Andy Webster. For subscriptions... We have Paul Mooney, Chris DeLuca, Andy Cowley, Eric Muller, Carl Bacchus, Isaac Gear, Thomas Foy, Michael Burdak, Kevin Ivey, Tony Coberly, Ronald Ikey, Johnny Kinsey, Peter Spotts, Fred Cole, Bill Piotr, Jeffrey Boris, Robert Halliday, Wayne Hill, John Clark, Steve Hepler, Michael Jopling, Roger Pereira, Howard Ditmer, Todd Bowers, Michael Carey, A. Taylor, Dylan Angle, Jim McKenzie, Bill Collins, Robert Black, Darren King, Randolph Smith, Robert Yerke, Steve Biella, Alan Wilson, Mark Farrell, and Jeff Zimmerman. Ooh, okay. Now, down to Facebook. Cynthia Ernst and Brian Eski joined us. On Twitter, we had at KJ5T, at OnyxMK, at N4TBB, and Malk Zero. On YouTube, we had Norman Richards, Daniel Flynn, Scott Wright, Dave Benson, and Euster Mora. On Discord, we had Robear, Casey3DRU, The Lovebug, ABC Lean On Me, Derb smart uh, Spartan Bros, Rudy, Benfee2003, MVB, Reaper11, No one joined us on the mailing list, and Steve Annis bought something from us.
2: Yes, he did. We had merchandise sales, and the mailing list, as you heard on the last show, is working. So feel free to go to the website and sign up for the mailing list because it's back. So I haven't really done much with it other than to get it working. I think the archives are broken still. But if you were on the list at one point, you should still be there. But if you want to sign up for our mailing list, it's very low traffic, but we do put stuff out there, and we do put things like contests on the mailing list. So if you want to find out about those, you might want to sign up, and uh, we won't flood your inbox. I promise. Anyway, so there. That's all I need to say again about the mailing list. Do but we send
0: more than one or two pieces of mail a month
2: hmm no not really (laughs) no (laughs) No.
0: i don't even know if we send one or two pieces a month so yeah yeah so definitely low traffic mailing list yeah low volume so
2: So, there you go and that brings us down to the end of the show but before we get on out of here we do want to mention the folks who joined us live and the peanut gallery did start filling up as we started recording the show so we do have some folks who are listening to us and we had don kc9zmy Ted, W-A-0-E-I-R, Tony, K-4-X-S-S, Dan, K-F-5-T-Q-N, Don, K-B-2-Y-S-I, and Darren, VK-6-E-K. So thanks, guys, for for coming in and listening to us live. We appreciate that, and we appreciate everybody who downloads and listens to the show and uh, supports us either by buying some merch or just listening to the program or signing up over at Patreon or PayPal to help keep the lights on. Thanks once again to everybody. We try not to harp on, you know, sending us money because we enjoy doing this, and we hope you enjoy listening. And don't forget about the QSO Today Ham Radio Expo on the 14th and 15th. We look forward to seeing you over there. And with that, I think we are done. We have come down to the end of episode number 423 of Linux in the Ham Shack. Have a great week, and we'll catch you on the next one. I'm Russ, K5TUX.
0: I'm Cheryl, W5MOO.
2: And I'm Bill, NE4RD73.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Shack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The show is recorded live every Thursday at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at urlbctsinfo Live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page, at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke Discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at one nine zero nine lhs show That's one 547 7469 Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador